to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. The presenting sponsor of the Matt Mosley Show is Central National Bank, your leading independent bank with locations in Waco, Temple, and Austin. Additional sponsors include Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep Ram, Cooper Complete, Heritage Creamery, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, and Craig Cherry of the law firm Steckler, Wayne Cochran Cherry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. It is Aaron Sexton. And uh, we were just with you in the 2 o'clock hour. And uh, we cover in today for uh, for John Morris. And John will be back tomorrow. J-Mo himself. But uh, that was fun. That was fun. We had uh, Sam Kahn to talk about the Big 12 and then Alfred Anderson. Um, and... Uh, I tell you what, we'll get that uh, we'll get that out to everybody in case you missed it, um, and we may who knows we may play a little bit of it tomorrow or something. But uh, great to uh, great to catch up with Alfred. Love those Baylor legends and uh, Aaron. Now you grew up in Central Texas. You started your high school career at Waco High and then finished up over at Robinson when they recruited you. Robinson said, we've got to have that guy on our cross-country team, so <laughs> let's offer him some, some money, incentives to come over here. Um, I don't know when you started becoming a Baylor fan. I came by it naturally because my dad played at Baylor in the late 60s, early 70s. And um, so as a kid, when Alfred Anderson showed up on the scene, I mean, I, I just have great, great memories. And and you remember these things in your mind, um, Aaron, at, like in what jerseys they were wearing back then. And and the ones that I think, the, the, the home ones were those green, and I love that Kelly green look that they used to have. Um, but the white jerseys are the ones I most remember. And I think that game I was referencing with Alfred was against Texas Tech, and it was muddy and raining like crazy. And I think it, that game would have been, probably at tech and they beat them 11 to 2 or 11 to 3 and um and and they sent alfred up top on a touchdown to get that win and uh, it was a big it was a big win at the time i would say probably that would have been jerry moore coaching uh uh those that texas tech team but uh aaron do you go back that far i mean you and i are the same age do you remember those Singletary Baylor teams, or did you not? Did you start paying attention after that? Yeah, that's uh, my my first memory is probably real vivid memories of uh, Baylor football is is the uh, is Singletary senior year and uh, my family on my mom's side from Alabama. So when they played them in the Cotton Bowl, uh, that wasn't a lot of fun being a Baylor fan as a kid. But that's kind of where where my jumping off point as far as Baylor football was the. Uh, uh, the Cotton Bowl with Alabama, and then after that, I, uh, you know, sat in the uh, south end zone uh, in the concrete seats, and uh, actually my first job was selling Dr. Peppers in the stands at Baylor games, which you never bought a tray after the third quarter because you didn't want to be stuck with extra drinks, so you buy your last tray, sell it, and then find a nice place to watch most of the fourth quarter. It was a, <laughs> it was a great deal. You made a little money and got to watch the end of the game, and I got to watch the end of that famous uh, Baylor BYU game with Steve Young so oh wow yeah I want to say it's weird what sticks in your mind I want to say the final score was 46 to 40 in that game and uh and 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 you're right that was 
golly, isn't that amazing that that was Steve Young? All that we know now, and to think back, and uh, and they may have had another. They I think they played up there before that, and I don't know if that was Robbie Bosco or who was the quarterback, but. Much like Miami, BYU went a certain period of time, and they just had, like, quarterback after quarterback, going back to Jim McMahon. Um, where did Gifford Nilsson play college? Anyway, they, they, they had unbelievable quarterbacks there. And, and then Detmer, of course, after all those guys. But Steve Young was uh, was the greatest of those, and, and he could run. Man, he was so fast. And... What year would that have been, Aaron, uh, as we go down memory lane? Let's see. If Steve Young was playing, that would have been mid to late 80s or something? Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, early to mid. God, I want to say 84, but I don't know if that's right. Um, yeah, I was 11 it, or, or maybe like I was eight. selling those drinks. I know that. Yeah, yeah. What I'm trying to think, I remember it by players, and what I'm trying to think of is like, was Gerald McNeil still, was the Ice Cube still playing when they played BYU? I'm not sure. Uh, Now, they would have been at the NFL at the same time because he played at Cleveland um, about the same time uh, Steve Young would have been coming up for the uh, 49ers. Wow, the 83 season. um, Yeah. Um, okay, and that that was the year that uh, Baylor would end up in the Blue Bonnet Bowl, and they would have played Oklahoma State. And uh, Oklahoma State had a quarterback, I believe, by the name of was it Rusty Hilger? I don't think that was. I think that was a little bit before Gundy, but uh, but anyway, they they ran into trouble there in Houston at the Astrodome. But as a ten year old kid, man, I was at that game. That's fun, Aaron. That's one of the many reasons I love having you on the show because you have all that Baylor background, and so when you have Alfred Anderson on, you know the uh, the greatness that he uh, that he provides. We just, if you're wondering why we're taking this trip down memory lane, we just had Alfred Anderson on the Baylor great. He turned sixty today. Happy birthday to him! And thanks to Sean Hunt. Sean Hunt uh, let me know that it was Alfred's birthday, and they played together over at uh, Richfield. In fact, Sean would kick off, and then uh, Alfred was, I saw a great picture earlier today, and Alfred was the safety, like on the kickoff team, and they were right there next to each other. But uh, Sean is a, uh, you could tell even now, all these years later, Sean's had some sons who are great athletes out there at Midway. But uh, uh, Sean, you can just tell he was a good high school athlete by the way he looks these days. And uh, you hear Sean, by the way, when UBO is advertising on our station. That's Sean Hunt, and uh, does such a great job for them. Okay. So fun to uh, fun to take that trip down memory lane. And you know what I'm talking about, um, Aaron. When I talk about those jerseys, uh, the green there's a green quality to the jerseys that Stockmer and Walter and Alfred and Allen, uh, Bruce Davis, and all those guys wore. That they, it's hard to match now. It's the the green that they wear now. Nothing's wrong with it. It's just not. It's not that Kelly green they used to wear. And I want to say Alfred might have had one of those, like, tearaway-type jerseys um, that, that used to be kind of in style. And um, and then one of those years, like, 85, Grant went out there and, and we played USC. Now, we got beat by USC at home one of those years. And then we went out there, and I want to say we beat, be, uh, we beat USC in 85 or 86 
That might have been with Cody and Tom Mickey, but we beat them 17-14 to 14 on the road, and that would have been John Robinson. And some people don't know this. Grant had the opportunity to become the USC coach. I don't know if that was before John Robinson or after John left. I, I can't remember. John Robinson became an NFL coach. But uh, but USC made a run at Grant Taft, and uh, Grant was uh, Grant was loyal to the Baylor Bears. He uh, he really was. So uh, some fun stuff there as we begin the Matt Mosley show. Aaron Sexton in today, and uh, Aaron, this has been a lot of fun. Um, we got a lot going on right now. We've been taking a peek at these Olympics. Uh, Aaron, did you? I, I was telling you on the John Moore show earlier that uh, the eight hundred. Last night, um, and her name is Athing, A-T-H-I-N-G, and she's from Texas A&M. Man, watching that 800. Aaron, did you tune in? Did you watch any Olympic action last night? I did get to see. I didn't get to see it live, but I did get to see the replay of it, uh, the full race. So it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. Okay. All right, and uh, and I'm I'm watching a lot of these hurdles too, man. I I love, Aaron. You now I'm taller than you uh, at about six one. I should be able to kind of use those long legs to get over those hurdles. But I really, as I watch them, uh, Aaron, I I think I would knock down every single hurdle. And um, <laughs> if you'll watch some of these races, whether it's the whether it's the 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 one ten or whether it's the four hundred meter hurdles, there's always one athlete that just wipes out early you know like you lose them like right away and you'll just see them fade out of your screen i think that i think that 400 race is like just it's crazy that they can run whoever who who was that the other day that the the guy from norway um what was that guy's name anyway he ran that sucker in 40 45 seconds I mean, that's just crazy. And I love that Michael Johnson got on there because you need sometimes guys like Michael Johnson, the Baylor great, to, to remind everybody, hey, by the way, this is insanely good. Uh, so I uh, I always like track and field, but when, it, when the Olympics come around, I really get into it. And so what I've been trying to do is not really study up too much so that when I watch the races at night, um, I kind of, I kind of, it can all be fresh to me. I did see. Now, if you don't want to know who won the 200, turn the radio down for a second. All right, today's 200. If you don't want to know, just turn it down a little bit. Um, all right. Did you see Aaron? Did you? I don't know if you've seen the news yet. Andre de Grasse won the gold. That's that Canadian. Yeah. Oh my. God. Gosh, I mean that dude. It is those races, the two hundred, the hundreds, but especially the two hundred. When you watch them make up that stagger, and then you're watching them like you're watching who's closing the fastest. I mean, I I don't care. I used to think when I was a kid, I think that the men's races were better than the women's or whatever. And then I saw FloJo, and I'm like, no, these women's races are just as good. The the the, the athleticism. And the closing speed that it takes, like I, it's it's uh, it's it's just otherworldly, and and to watch. And that guy, um, Aaron, that you like, the seventeen-year-old, you could say his name, maybe. Who you know? Who I'm talking about. Who is the seventeen-year-old? You remember? 
that you kind of were into the other night that you really liked? Oh, yeah, I would have to look it up. He ended up finishing fourth, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah he finished fourth. Um, the other There was an American that finished third, and he went out, and dang it, it was the American that didn't finish properly the other night, so he had to stay, and he was in the third lane, and, and he couldn't see who was behind him, and so he went out a little too fast, and he didn't have it to finish. He did. He did finish with the bronze, but it's one of those. It's one of the Americans that that I've really. He's a, he's a fun dude, and he dances all around before the before these races. But anyway, I I like track and field because the sprinters once every four years become like rock stars. And same thing for gymnastics. I mean, they're they're rock stars in their own right, but. Uh, I love it. I love watching it. All right, we've got a special treat for you. Um, any day, anytime you listen to the Matt Mosley show, you're going to hear some really cool stuff. And with Aaron's help, um, I have an interview that I did last night with Michael Irvin. This is Michael Irvin on Everything Cowboy, C.D. Lamb, Jimmy Johnson. This is going to be really cool. I think you'll like it. It's our interview with Michael Irvin, uh, uh, the, the Dallas Cowboys Pro Football Hall of Famer. You will hear it next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. It'll be mostly clear tonight with low temperatures falling to around 70 degrees. Partly sunny skies expected tomorrow with a 30% chance of a scattered shower or isolated storm. 92 for the high. And on Friday, partly cloudy skies with a 20% chance of an afternoon shower and a high of 95. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. All right, I want to talk about Alan Samuels, of course, your friend in the car business and uh, what a legacy it is. Ted T and his staff out there uh, do an incredible job and uh, love the service area, 55,000 square feet uh, of service. They're efficient. They get things done. They get you back in your car, and uh, they do it in an incredibly uh, safe manner. Um, and any make and, you know, or model, uh, th- their service is second to none. And then those Ram Spotlight days, I mean, the Ram trucks, uh, been taking a peek, the 1,500, 2,500, people say, well, what, what, Mosley, what about those Rams? Well, the comfort level is incredible. The hauling, uh, I, I just think they, it's, it's a different type of, of truck, and that's why they sell. They just get, they fly off the lot out there. They have some incredible deals that you can, uh, that we're going to be telling you more about. Also, the uh, the, the Jeeps. Uh, those Jeep days, always fun. The Grand Cherokee uh, Laredo is what I drive. Just a fun vehicle. It's uh, it's just perfect. I mean, I really never have to get it worked on because it just really has been a high-performing vehicle, and uh, and I love it. And, uh, and always, they take great care of me out there at Allen Samuels. Again, it's Allen Samuels, your friend in the car business. Being a letter carrier and walking 20,000 steps, which equals up to about 10 miles a day, it's tough. I really didn't have feet problems, I had back problems. I had had as many epidurals that I could possibly have in one year. That was scary. Well, I'd been delivering letters to the Good Feet store for over six years, and the expert there finally convinced me to try their arch supports. 
For over 20 years, we've been helping people like Keith actually live the life they love without their feet getting in the way. The people at the Good Feet store really educated me about what the arch supports could actually do. And lo and behold, I have no more back problems. The future I can see now, I couldn't see it before. Where I would be without them, I have no clue. I'm Keith, and that's my Good Feet story. See what we can do for you with a free personalized arch support fitting at the Good Feet store. The Good Feet store in Waco, located near Cabela's. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, the team physicians of Baylor Athletics. Our doctors specialize in the diagnosis and treatment of any and all sports-related injuries. Celebrating over a decade of service to Central Texas, our doctors are equipped to handle a wide range of issues. Whether it's your foot or ankle, your hand or wrist, knee and shoulder pain, or you're in need of our arthritis and total joint clinic, trust the doctors that Baylor trusts. Southwest Sports Medicine and Orthopedics, yeah. our goal is to get you back in the game. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Warren White with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Sydney McLaughlin roared back in the final set of barriers to capture the 400 meter hurdle gold yesterday in Tokyo, shaving nearly half a second off her own world record from the U.S. trials, running a 51-46. U.S. Women's Basketball routes Australia 79 to 55 and reached the semifinals. Demarcus Lawrence has been activated off the pup list for the Cowboys. The team leaves this afternoon for Canton for the Hall of Fame game tomorrow night versus Pittsburgh. Astros were greeted by Dodger fans with booze and trash cans, but won the game three to nothing. Astros and Dodgers again tonight, first pitch at 8:40. Angels blast the Rangers 11 to three. Game three of that series tonight, 7:05 first pitch, and you can hear that game on ESPN Central Texas. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. It is uh, Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. Aaron Sexton alongside, as always, and. Uh, I do a little something uh, after Cowboys games and after big moments with the Cowboys. It's called the Doomsday Podcast. You can find it on uh, Stitcher. Apple Podcast uh, is on all your apples if you want to ever listen to that. And I do that with uh, Ed Werder, the uh, world-famous ESPN reporter, NFL reporter. And Ed and I have been longtime buddies, so we have a lot of fun with it. Last night, we holed up and, and did an exclusive interview with Michael Irvin, and we talked about a lot of things, and uh, Aaron's done a great job kind of uh, getting that uh, like you need to hear it. And um, first, we kind of get into talking about um, the uh, this, this uh, current Cowboys and how Michael is very concerned about uh, Dak Prescott. Here is the uh, first part of our interview with Michael Irvin. So uh, I was out at Cowboys training camp for my second visit last weekend, and who should appear to my right wearing the NFL Network polo but former Cowboys Hall of Fame, three-time Super Bowl-winning receiver Michael Irvin, who joins us now. Michael, you've been to both the Bucks camp today on Tom Brady's birthday. Nice of him to invite you on his birthday. And the Cowboys camp in a short space of time. And those two teams start the whole NFL season 
against one another. So let me ask you about the teams first, and then we'll talk some Hall of Fame stuff because it's a big week for the Hall of Fame uh, and for the Cowboys organization. But let me ask you first, what were your takeaways about, um, you know, Dak Prescott and how concerned would you be about your quarterback coming off a huge injury that, that cost him so much of the season last year now having uh, – you know, not being able to throw in training camp for a length of time as he gets ready for this this epic game. And I know everybody Ed, has been playing it down and saying this is just something minor and they're being precautionary. And I, and I hope that is the gospel. I hope that is exactly the truth. But I am a bit concerned that it's that 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 that, that this thing may be a little bit more serious. Than, than they're playing on to. I, I watched Dak today, right? Taking snaps, doing his drops. And then died, he still used his off arm. Now that means you use your off arm to throw that ball two yards in front of you. If you can't crank up two yards <laughs> right now, why, why am I to believe in, you know, in two, three weeks, you can get up 60 yards? I, 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 just, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a bit concerned with it, man. And I hope and pray. God knows I hope and pray. And I'm going to bend my knees tonight to put a little more hope and pray on it. But, but I hope it's as minor as they're saying. But I am a bit concerned. What, what about overcoming the gruesome leg injury that limited him to five games? As you've watched him run around, do you – does he look like he's fully recovered, and 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 will he be the same quarterback that he was before, playing that physical style and the dual threat? And and, and that's what I asked him, talked to him about now. And I and, and let me be honest here, because when I watch it, you know, I remember what I was like coming back off of a knee. I remember watching people come back off of certain injuries, and 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 what happens sometimes is your gait changes a little bit. Your gait, you know, your, you, you kind of your starts and your stops. Once you get in stride, you're pretty good. I can still tell. I can still tell there's a little oof, just a little oof, oof, just a little bit there, just a little bit. But that really, it may just be that the gates have changed a little on how you run because you, 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 you know, you, you do run differently after you come back. I have no idea even after my knee surgery. So, so, but, but I, I think he's fine in that category. And I think he'll be fine. Internally, which is a hard thing, and that's why I said even at camp, hey, listen, I don't care what you guys say. I don't know that any player has ever had this kind of pressure, or I called it uh, uh, circumstances and challenges, facing him in his first game. Dak is returning for the first time off that gruesome leg injury you're talking about. Now he's dealing with a shoulder injury. He's on hard knocks. He's a, they're doing the Hall of Fame game, the Cowboys, and then the opening game of the season. He has to go into, I mean, literally, the Lions' den. It is literally the Lions' den. You have to go play the champions where the champions last mark and drop their flag in their own hometown to win their own Super Bowl in the, the first time ever in the NFL. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Dak, you got that great defense because they got everybody back, and they're even adding guys like O.J. Howard that was injured from the year before. And the guy that's quarterback in that whole shabang is the greatest dude to ever play the game, period, at the quarterback position. There you go, Dak Prescott. 
sit in there, and you won't even probably throw in the preseason. You just got to wake up and face Dak Goliath. That's a hell of a battle right there, man. That's a lot of per- uh, pressure, but I love when Dak put, be put under pressure because usually he shows up and performs. And you didn't even mention the $160 million contract he has to live up to. I don't know how I forgot that, but amidst all of this other stuff, you know everybody is waiting. Everybody's waiting and say, I told you he wasn't worth it. Or I see, I told you he was. So absolutely, man. I just don't know. I was trying to think about it when I was in, 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 in camp. I was like, man, do you understand the weight that's on him? And that's probably why even though they can't, they, they just have to say, it's just some minor, it's something minor. We can't douse the hope of our team of our team right now this early in camp. You know what I mean? So, so because that would oh my god, that would put a, a, a sad place on the Dallas Cowboys if, if they announced that Prescott was going to be out for any extended period of time. Uh, I've never known Dr. Jerry Jones to manipulate an injury report or downplay the significance of some player's injury. Come on, Michael, you know better than that. He would, <laughs> he's always honest in his calculations in that regard. Okay, I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm being facetious. I know you are. I do. I absolutely know that that is absolutely tongue in cheek when you drop in that right there. Jerry's gonna do what he has to do, and he plays gamesmanship and all of that stuff. But this is going to be insane, man. I can't. And, and, and let's go. Let, let's go ahead. Let's crack the billions of the, the billions of receptors in our imagination, and no longer just play with the millions of receptors in our reality of the brain. But the billions, let's imagine if Dak Prescott goes in there and wins that game. Holy moly! Holy moly! Holy moly! Oh, my God. It'll be off the chain. Hey, can you imagine if he wins that game? Oh, my God, man. Dude, every Cowboy fan that's been Hide in the last 30 years from guys like Stephen A. Smith, boy, they will come out hard. It'll be something, it'll be something beautiful to watch. I tell you, I can't wait for it. Michael, it's Mosley, and it's uh I, it's fun to get to talk to you. And I give you credit, by the way. The vaccinations are up for the Cowboys. I think I think you caused that. I think you had an impact, kind of calling them out. And so some of the numbers don't don't try to help the Vikings. The Vikings are at about sixty four percent right now. They're struggling a little bit. But I, what you said, I think um, had an impact. I, I wonder if you could compare a little bit the the whole Dak thing. You got Rogers. You got Brady. You just saw Brady. You got Russell. Do you? I mean, from a from a minute, you just spent time with him. What it, in, in, and you think about Troy, everything's compared to Troy. Like, when you're around this guy, do you think he has that greatness? Ed was just talking about that money and, and all of that. Does he, does he just strike you as a guy who is, is up to this? I mean, this is, uh, this, is, this is a lot to ask. Of that? Yes. Absolutely, I think he's a guy up to it. Absolutely. And I, and I get this, and, and it's so funny. As I was talking, I was talking to the Jacksonville Jaguars team uh, uh, just the other day, Monday, yep, Monday. And I was talking to them about the writing on the wall. And I've seen, I had a front row seat when I watched this 
before the same thing. Because when I came into Dallas, you know, then then the next year, Jimmy and the, uh, the coach quarter, uh, from a college comes in, and we get the first he, we got the first quarterback, the best quarterback, just like that. And I told him in this game, our game is not just about skill, you know, because we had offensive linemen that people were calling busts. They were calling. I don't know about Tua. I don't know about Nate Newton. All of these things. They were calling, but, but the right people came along and, and, and got together, and they became the, one of the greatest offensive lines ever. What, what I'm saying is, is this, this game, because we have hand-to-hand, man-to-man comeback to win each time. We, as football players, have hand-to-hand, man-to-man comeback. Not, every, not, every, not many professions have that. You, you guys don't do it. I don't do it in my profession now. We don't have to face a man, hand-to-hand, man-to-man. So skill matters, but also will. You see what I'm saying? When you're facing another man, hand-to-hand, man-to-man, will is a big part of it, too. It's skill, it's will, and it is connectivity that brings about a winning team. And that, yes, you can say what you will, and a lot of people have a, a whole bunch of opinions on the skill. But the will in the connectivity, he ranks off the charts on that. And I say he has great skill. So that's why I believe, yes, it's a lot of pressure, but Dak can live up to all of it because he's great on the three parts that I think makes up great football teams. So you just basically told Urban Meyer, drawing the parallel of the early early uh, Cowboys that you joined, uh, that Urban Meyer and uh, Lawrence are going to win three Super Bowls in four years, become the dominant no, team. I, 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 that's what I, I, you guys I did. Them, <laughs> I told them. I told them. I told them too. I let me tell you what. I told them we 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 went from one in fifteen to winning three Super Bowls in four years, a three four three short years later. Right. They can do it quicker. Wow. They can do it sooner because back then we were still fitting quarterbacks in the NFL system. Now they fit the system to the quarterback in the NFL. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So now you you can do it quicker, and you have to have those elements together no matter what you do. And I told them sometimes, so when you guys are hanging out, man, you have to be careful. You have to plant seeds and hold each other accountable. I would go to Chucky and say, what do you got? Chucky said, we, we, we can hold him to 17. And I would say, oh, we can easily get 28. Now, now. If, if, if we're in the fourth quarter and, and I'm on that football field and we're sitting over here with 14 points and, and, and chucking them, holding them 10, he's going to look at me and say, that don't look like 28, Mike. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's go. And, and when you have guys checking you and holding you accountable, you can't let the media start talking about, oh, well, they pointing fingers. No, 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 no. This man is holding me accountable to what I said I will deliver. The key to winning championships and the thing that we had back then, they can get it. Each man making a promise, one man to the other, get my job done, and then holding each accountable to that promise. And there he was, uh, Michael Irvin, with some um, really good stuff. And uh, boy, Aaron Irvin is concerned about Dak and, and thinks his gait is off a little bit. And I think uh, I think Cowboys fans are concerned to hear Michael uh, say that about uh, about Dak Prescott. All right, um, we're going to – we need to take a quick break, but uh, I did want to uh, let you know we have Michael Irvin talking about his relationship 
with Jimmy Johnson, and uh, and this gets emotional. It is uh, my conversation with Michael Irvin from last night. We have uh, the rest of it next. Recently on Game Time. Maybe we need to see what's out there as a veteran quarterback. So, Brett Hundley, you've got a workout plan for this week. you got another plan for next week. So, there's really, unless you're going to get Colin Kaepernick or something, I mean, you're not, there's nobody out there. So, they're going to stick with the three guys they have, and all three of those guys are terrible, but that's what it is. <laughs> and uh, they're going to stick, that's what it is right now. Game Time, weekdays 4 to 6 on ESPN Central Texas. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco, to apply. For over 15 years, Wings Pizza and Things in Temple has been your go-to spot to watch the game and fuel up on great food. As the name implies, you can get delicious wings in 15 different flavors and amazing fresh-made pizzas. But that's not all that's on the menu. Try one of their burgers, sandwiches, or wraps. Or check out their new specials, which include two for $28 meal deals or their family feast. And you can top your meal off with something from the sweet spot. Wings Pizza and Things is family-friendly and has more than 60 TVs, so you know your game is on. Go to wingsandtemple.com for their menu. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal Windows Direct. Summer is here and so is home improvement season. It's time to get those windows replaced. Call Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas and schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows are sealed with Duralite, a non-metal spacer that has life expectancy five times that of other systems. And they offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Contact Universal Windows Direct to Central Texas for a free in-home estimate. UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. That's UniversalWindowsCentralTexas.com. Or call 254-301-7760. And be sure to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. I love my windows. They've got that brand new home effect. Universal Windows Direct. Central Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they also have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome, and they offer 90 days same as cash. Text 16118 or 22462 to apply. You'll enjoy one-on-one customer service at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Store hours are Monday through Friday, 10 to 6, and Saturday, 10 till it is Matt Mosley's show, ESPN Central Texas. We had some great guests, and uh, Alfred Anderson uh, turned 60 today with us in the 2 o'clock hour. We were filling in for uh, John Morris today, the JMO show. Big shoes to fill, but we had some fun there. It's Matt Mosley's show, taking you up to 4 o'clock when game time starts with uh, Tom Barfield. And had an opportunity last night to visit with Michael Irvin, the playmaker himself, the Cowboys uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer. 
and uh, we wanted to let you listen to some of that conversation. And this is the uh, this is the rest of the conversation. And uh, one of the things that uh, I wanted to get into with Michael had to do with the Cowboys' second year phenom, C.D. Lamb. All right, I, I wanted to ask you, Michael, about uh, the the newest eighty eight. C.D. Lamb, uh, you were in camp. He's been making highlight uh, catches. What are you? What are your impressions of him? And and where do you think? Where do you think this can go? Man, I, I, everybody's been talking about how this how this young man is really taking his game to another level. And I thought he had an incredible season last year. Now you see when I see him posting things, you can see he's put on a little weight. So he's put on some more strength. You know, he knows he needs, he needs to get a little stronger inside. Uh, he, he just looks great. And then he's showing up on the football field and getting it done. So so I can't wait to see that. I can't wait. And, you know, and we're talking about all of this without Dak. He's been, he's been looking good with, without Dak. That's why I can't wait to get Dak back out there. He was going to be on a, on a tail last year. If he had gotten more games with guys, I, I, this this is going to be interesting. Now, I, 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 I people have been saying it and intimating, and I just don't know. But I can't, can't wait to see because I threw it out. Now, if, if, if he can he take over that number one spot? Are they trying to move him toward that number one spot? Or, or if, if 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 it's not even that the question, will Amari Cooper try to rush back off that ankle because of what he's doing in training camp? You see what I'm saying? Because there is a pecking order right now. And as we know it, it has been Amari Cooper, probably CD, and then Michael Gallup. But hopefully they're competing to change that order because if they're playing like that and that hard and competing on the battleground, then they'll do great when they hit the playground on Sunday. Michael, you had to wait longer than you should have before you went into the Hall of Fame, but your wait was nothing compared to the one that the original number 88 uh, has endured Drew Pearson going in with Cliff Harris uh, into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this week in ceremonies that you'll attend. They were both undrafted players. Uh, it's they're the yeah. first Cowboys players to go in the Hall of Fame after signing and beginning their careers as undrafted free agents. What was it about Drew Pearson that made you want to wear '88? Man, listen to man. Oh my God! It even listening to that that right there. Your intro says everything. How many times, I mean, you guys heard me say it, I measure men on distance travel. You know, I, I, tell me where you started before you tell me, and let me see where you are. And then I should measure you accordingly. To go from undrafted to the hall is a hell of a journey. I mean, that, that, that says everything right there. That gives everybody and anybody hope, man. And, and, and it's, a, it's a hell of a thing. And even to watch it over the years, you know, to watch the disappointment that you had, you know, it makes your heart opens up for for when he actually goes up there. I guarantee you people will tune in and there will be a spike when Drew's up there, whenever he's speaking. He, it, you know, I'm just so happy for him. And he's the original. He's the original. Well, you can't write the NFL story without it. When you got, when you have come up with things, like I always say, when you put up the numbers, you put up the performance, and then you've embedded yourself with some nickname like Greatest Show on Turf, you know, uh, the triplets, 
<laughs> this man in the hillhole Mary, they, 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 they come together. The original, the original man, he, he's just the greatest. I'm so happy for him. I am so happy for him. And another man I'm sure you're extremely happy for is uh, your former head coach at the University of Miami and a man you won three Super Bowls with in in four years in Dallas, Jimmy Johnson, not in the ring of honor, but is going into the Hall of Fame. What are your feelings about Jimmy being recognized in this way? Yeah, it's it, it, it's so happy. I'm so happy for Coach. His coach deserves it. He deserves it. <laughs> Excuse me. We just talked about his mark. We just talked about it. This man took a 1-15 team, fresh, no NFL experience, in three short years, put that team in position and win three Super Bowls in four years. Come on, man. Enough said. Enough said. We had people that have been in this league for 100 years before they won their first Super Bowl, and then another 25 more years before they won their second. And, and Jimmy did it in those three short years. No doubt. Just stop it. Put the man where he belongs. I say to coach, welcome home. Hell of a job. You should have been here. You were already at Miami before he he got the job there. What what do you remember? Like, what were your first impressions of him? Because what y'all did was uh, together is incredible. And I've heard you joke that he followed you everywhere. Then he ends up with the Cowboys <laughs> after you ended up there. What what, what were the um, what do you remember like thinking? of Jimmy when he showed up on the scene at Miami? Jimmy was a lifesaver for me in this sense, man. Uh, you know, I, I think back, Jimmy was new. I, I got recruited by Howard Snellenberger, right? And But, but of course, never got coached by him. Jimmy took over um, and, and came in and took over for Howard Snellenberger. And, and my first few days there, I mean, you know, I'm, I, I'm – uh, I'm fighting everybody, getting into stuff. I'm not coming in here to be the freshman that y'all going to push around. I've been pushed around by them 16 brothers and sisters I have. I'm not having it anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was doing all kind of crazy stuff, man. Five people here. Jimmy could easily say, hey, we get rid of you, boy. He said, you home right now. We get rid of you. But he did not, man. He stayed with me. And he knew I had recently lost my father, you know, and he said it to me. I'll never forget. He said, Michael, I know, I know, I know. He said, Coach George Smith, who was my high school coach, told me, you know, that you recently lost your father. He said, but, but I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to be here with you, you know, because I mean, you lost your father. I was Snellenberger's, he left you. I'm not leaving. I'm going to be, I'll never forget. He said, I'm going to be here for you. And I'm going to be here with you. But we can't be fighting our own teammates. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. We can't be fighting. He said, and he said, I'm going to, he did, he told me, he said, now I'm going to, I'm going to suspend them. I'm going to suspend them because I want my leaders to know better and not get into this, not get into those kinds of situations. So I'm going to sit him down. But I'm going to say to you now, we can't have all of this. We can't have it. And, you know, and, 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 and I'm telling you, man, just him reassuring me. Remember when he first, when I was upstairs watching film, we're losing. He said, everybody's talking about, he's losing Eddie Brown. 
Miami is losing Stanley Shakespeare. What is Miami going to do after losing those superstar wide receivers? He said, just wait till I show them Michael Irvin. He said, don't <laughs> let me down. <laughs> oh, dude, listen. I'm telling y'all the story, and I'm tearing up right now. I'll never forget that. Oh, my God. So, I watched film. I'm going to put on that 40-pound vest. I used to run 40 flights on stairs every night thinking about that. I won't let them down. And then my first game against Florida, I, I let him down. I fumbled. I didn't play well. Fumbled the ball. I thought he was going to bench me and never let this freshman play again. He said, I went in and met with him. He said, Mike, I told you I'm here for you now. We got to play better. We can't have that. That's my first college game. He said, we can't have that. We can't have the ball on the ground. He said, but I'm going to stick with you one more week. We're still here. Don't worry about it. And then, of course, I went down there and did the bang, bang, the rights right there in Houston. And it was over. It was over. I was off and running. It was over after that. But Jimmy gave me, yeah, quite a few times to make sure I straighten it up and keep it right. And I just appreciate him for that. Well, he built a whole program around – you know, the charisma that you had and the uh, confidence you played with and the personality you brought to the programming, the, he coveted that, didn't try to change you. I'm wondering, you know, he, he like you said, he inherited you with the Cowboys. What, what was your most memorable Jimmy Johnson story of the two of you in Dallas? And it doesn't have to involve you directly, just what to you, you know, is no, the ultimate I, Jimmy I, Johnson I, I, story? I can certainly tell you. I, I can tell you what, 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 what sticks out. It's, it goes back to Jimmy covering with me again i'll never forget coming back off that acl remember when when mm-hmm. was coming back off the acl there were a lot of people talking about man michael may never get back to where he was he was michael already slow <laughs> now he's got a he was already slow, right <laughs> and they were talking about getting rid of me and, and I, I i was you know i thought that came from uh our our office coordinator david shula at the time and talking about well maybe we get rid of move on mike Jimmy talked to me after that. He said, you know, right before he made the move on the offensive coordinator, he said, uh, a lot of people are talking about it, telling me that maybe I should trade you, you know, that you'll never come back off this knee. He said, Michael, we've had too many times that we have played together and done great things. He said, they're telling me to get rid of you. I'm not getting rid of them. I'm not getting rid of you. I'm going to get rid of them. <laughs> Don't you let me down. Oh, my God. Let me get this. That's it. That's it. He knew how to play in your head at the right time. He reached inside your mind, man. God almighty, man. Oh, my God. Thank you about that stuff. That's good. Oh, I just oh, that's, that's something crazy. All right. Here's here's my very last question, Michael. And I, I love talking about the 90s Cowboys and getting your perspective on all that. What what would have happened in your opinion if Jimmy didn't leave the Cowboys after that second Super Bowl? How long would he have coached in Dallas, and how many Super Bowls would this franchise have won? Man, I, 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 I was well, yeah, yesterday when I told them boys that. I said, "Are you joking?" I said, I, I, "I won championships on every level, and not a day goes by that I don't think I should have won five or six easily, four in a row, no doubt. Should have won four in a row." And then turned around and maybe we let some get one get away and come back and win another. There's no doubt in my mind that's what should have happened, and, and I wish could have happened. And we look back on it, and, 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 and you know, Jimmy and we all talk about it. 
you, you can't help but think that's the word, that, that you think about those things. I told those guys yesterday, I said, I hear people all the time talking about, well, you know, it's not, it doesn't define my, my, my career if I don't win a Super Bowl. It doesn't define Let me get this right. You started off growing up playing in the yard, and each time you did it in the yard, you were talking about winning a Super Bowl. So your childhood dream doesn't define, doesn't matter to you. Stop saying that because you know it's not true. Stop saying that and do what you need to do to get your ring so you don't have to lie to yourself for the rest of your life. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I have three of them, and I can't, I, I can't, I keep thinking. That the 94 that passed in the NFC Championship game. Somehow, I should have jumped at that ball before Deion trapped me. I should have done. I mean, you know how many times? I, mean, I, could be, I could be just taking a drive and that plays the ping. I'm like, it just pop up in my head. The ping. So, so don't tell me you're going to play your whole career and be okay with nothing. When I ain't even okay with the three I have, I ain't buying none of that. So when you see Tom Brady with those seven Super Bowl rings, that photo of him sitting there with the seven Super Bowl rings, you're like, that should have been me and Troy and Jimmy and Darren Woodson. Exactly. Exactly. I wanted to just move it. I wanted to move that thing out. And, and we thought we'd put a good little cap on it. Oh, okay. Let me see somebody go and do that. Tom said, okay, I will. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I went two or three years twice, I guess. I'll do it. I'll try that. You know what I mean? It's crazy, man. And it makes you wish. I wish. I wish I could go back and do it again. I told I would trade right now to have the opportunity that they have to take a team from 1-15 to possibly getting in the Super Bowl. And there's nothing like that. Now, that's the one thing that I don't know Tom can ever say. Because we were one in fifteen to go from that to winning the Super Bowl, that that was the greatest moment. That's why the first one is always the greatest one because we started it at one in fifteen. Now, saying all of that, I said this to Jerry the other night at the media party. I said, Jerry, this is a great time, man. It was a great party. It was a great party, man. But but we had these parties, and we've been telling these stories for the last thirty years. I said, we need some new damn stories. <laughs> <laughs> we need some more Super Bowls because we need some new damn stories. You know? What did you think of Jerry opening the press conference at training camp and, and getting all emotional about Jimmy and, you know, basically saying it was his – he basically, for the first time that I can remember, he yeah. said without equivocation it was his fault, that he – it was his job as the owner to make it work and, and to let it last, and he didn't do that. And, 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 and Jerry's what we're talking about right now. You know, when, when you start looking at time and eternity and you start saying, man, I've had a great run here in time, but even my great run, there's more I could have gotten done, more I could have gotten done. And, and I guarantee you that you tie that in to what he's been saying when he says, literally, I will give anything to get back there. Anything. He's basically saying, I would give up all, all the ego thing that went on back. Anything to get back to winning a Super Bowl. And, and I certainly understand what he's saying. So hopefully, hopefully this injury that has is it, it, minor as they've said to us, as they said to us, and, and, and we'll get a shot at it this year. And Jerry would do almost anything 
to win another Super Bowl. There's one thing he seems unwilling to do, in my mind. Hire a football general manager not named Jerry Jones. Well, okay, but 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 here it is. Jerry's going to say, "Why when one named Jerry Jones gave him get, get, got three? You see, that's going to be his. How many other guys out there have three? How many have won them in the last twenty five years? Have won one." Yeah, they're hard to win. They're hard to win now. You you can't you can't Stephen A me now. You I was know, just, I, I was just that, mildly that correcting you, the you know, statement once, that he made. Once you open up yesterday, once you open up yesterday, that's history. You got to open up all the history. <laughs> we can't be saying, well, let's just open up ten years of history. Oh, let me use Let's open up twelve years of history. Well, that ain't history. That's your story. You got to open up all of it. History says it all back there. Everything back there counts. Those three he has count. All right. We'll give it to you. I'll just say this in closing. I can remember when I covered the Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News. I can remember standing out there on Mondays and thinking, what am I going to write every day this week? And I would go over to Michael Irvin's locker during a media access <laughs> time at lunch and I could have written four stories a day for the next month <laughs> just talking to one guy. And so it's always great to get your opinions and your insights uh, and, and hear your laugh. And appreciate you joining us on the Doomsday Podcast. And hope you have a great week in Canton and enjoy engaging with all your teammates and family members who, who wear gold jackets and one rings together. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I miss these guys, man. I go every year, and last year we – because of COVID, we didn't get a chance to, to come together. So this is going to be a big year. So we'll, we'll, we'll enjoy this. Michael, look forward to seeing you on the road in the NFL this year. All right, buddy. All right, there it was, our conversation. Ed Werder from ESPN and I do the Doomsday Podcast, and we had uh, Michael Irvin on last night. I wanted to share that with you. Lots of interesting things, including what he thought about uh, Jimmy, how much it meant to him, and uh, their relationship at Miami. Jimmy came to Miami after Michael had already been recruited, and then he followed him to the um, Cowboys as well after Michael had already been drafted there. So, so much good stuff from Michael Irvin. We appreciate it. We appreciate Alfred Anderson, who was with us today in the 2 o'clock hour, Sam Kahn Jr. from The Athletic. Been a great day, uh, a fun 2-4 to four today. Uh, run and appreciate uh, Aaron Sexton. Tremendous work by him getting everything ready today. It is now time for game time with uh, none other than Tom Barfield. He'll take you all the way to 6 o'clock. Enjoy. We'll see you tomorrow at 3. Recently on Game Time. Maybe we need to see what's out there as a veteran quarterback. So, Brett Hundley, you got a workout plan for this week. you got another plan for next week. So there's really, unless you're going to get Colin Kaepernick or something, I mean, you're not, there's nobody out there. So they're going to stick with the three guys they have, and all three of those guys are terrible, but that's what it is. (laughs) And uh, they're going to stick, that's what it is right now. Game time.